The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those, and now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports including golf the online casino has hundreds of games and the race book has all your horse tracks they have every bet type imaginable and the sharp bet us mobile platform is easy with full betting options follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like i did bet us you bet you win you get paid bet us are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a catch. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. Head on over to puntandpass.com. Had a lot of questions about some gear, some merch over the weekend while up in Charlotte with some dog fans. Puntandpass.com. Go to our merch page. It's called The Locker Room. We got a blog up there giving out our picks as well. And Aaron and I started off the season on absolute fire. We got tons of action to break down. Georgia with a huge win over the number three ranked Clemson Tigers. Alabama doing what Alabama does. Some other exciting action that we are about to recap here. Aaron. Week one in the books. We got one more game tonight. We're working on a holiday. This is a home game as we're doing this over Skype right now on Labor Day. How was your weekend? You're a working man. Uh, I'm so glad football's back. I am I'm absolutely pumped, man. What an awesome weekend. Just great games, too. You know, usually in years past, we think opening weekend, week one, we get some cupcake games, games get warmed up, both for the players and the fans, but it was not like that at all. I mean, Thursday night, Ohio State-Minnesota was an excellent football game. 
Friday, North Carolina, Virginia Tech was a great game. And then we all know Saturday, the games that we had with Georgia Clemson, Alabama, Miami. Yep. The Oklahoma game ended up being a close game versus Tulane. A little bit scary for oh, them. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, that, that was a little bit of a wild one. Penn State, Wisconsin was a great football game to watch. Uh, LSU, UCLA. Then yeah. last night, you had Notre Dame, Florida State going to overtime. Couldn't believe it. And that. then tonight, minus the lane train, unfortunately, because of COVID, no lane Kiffin, but still an offense that is going to be one of the most explosive offense in all of college football. Ole Miss battles Louisville. I mean, it was just a weekend filled with top 25 matchups, great offense, great defense. Uh, one of the better opening weekends I've been a part of, I would say. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, and if you listen to Thursday's episode, obviously at the end of each Thursday episode, we give you our picks for the weekend. Let's just go over these picks real quick. Aaron and I, both on Georgia plus three, cha-ching. Aaron and I, defiantly, both on Alabama, minus 19 and a half, big time cha-ching. I was all over Penn State. I said they were going to win two. You said it would be close, but took the points. Cha-ching. I loved UCLA at home as a home dog. Cha-ching. You were on LSU. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I also said under 66. And then last night, you were correct. You took Florida State plus 7.5. I took Notre Dame. I could not believe they squandered that 18-point lead. Uh, they did end up winning in overtime. It was an awesome game. So here's this rub that I'm in right now, Aaron. It's really funny. It almost goes back to last season, okay? I give out picks on punt and pass, and I do fantastically, right? Four and one right there on my punt and pass picks. Last year, throughout the season, I was over 60%. That's very, very good. But then on Saturday, I wake up, and I'm so excited, and I get my prize picks in, and then I get my action in, and I do terrible. So I don't pick my punt and pass you picks. You do what I do the same I thing, know. too. And I know. I, just I get so excited. I, I like don't even pick my punt and pass picks. They always do so well. So I need people to help me. On Saturday morning, just tweet at me, at Drew Butler, at punt and pass. Place your punt and pass picks. So with that being said, I'm only down one unit. I'm totally fine. What do we do tonight? Ole Miss, nine-point favorite against Louisville. It's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I know there's no Lane Kiffin, but you're hearing Ole Miss is going to be unstoppable on the offensive side of the ball. I know this offensive coordinator who's taking over is supposed to be the man. Do I get in? Do I lay the nine? That's a lot of points for an opening game, but uh, that is a I, lot like, of I like Matt Corral. I do. I like Matt Corral. I think the defense is going to be just a little bit better. They got a lot of starters God, back, so. which is always flip of a coin. Good thing, bad thing. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out tonight. Uh, I'm just not, uh, especially the ACC. You know, what a, what a joke of a weekend for the ACC. Oh, oh my God. How about Georgia rough, Tech losing rough. as a 19-point favorite? Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a rough weekend for the ACC. Let's just go over the losses for the ACC this yes. weekend. Um, North Carolina, top 10 team, Ooh, loses to Virginia Tech. Bad Virginia Tech looked really good, though, yeah. but that's not good for the ACC. Clemson versus Georgia, that's a loss. Miami got smoked by Alabama. Whew. That's a loss. Boston College won, thank goodness. Syracuse, I had that game. They look good. They look good, but then Georgia Tech, like you said, losing. But the issue is two top or three top 15 teams losing for the ACC. ACC, like I said, a little bit of a joke. I was on a... Um, mad dog this morning getting interviewed and they're like can clemson make the playoffs and i'm like no chance right now really I mean, if you want to say after week one wow because what what weight does winning the acc hold this year not much I mean, after one week i mean that's a little and bit it, of an overreaction was, but you're you're seeing you're you're just you're simply reacting to what you saw well i i'm just based on what i saw this weekend my my belief is that i think we're gonna have two sec teams in 
at the end of the day. Okay. Based on the way the West looked, Alabama's going to steamroll that side. Oh, my God. The way the East looked, Georgia's going to steamroll that side. Both those teams, I would take over in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Slots, I think they're going to be taken up. Um, You know, that's, you know, leaves uh, four other conferences for two spots. And, And right now the ACC is weak. Clemson lost. And shoot, Clemson can lose another game this year. They did not look great week one. I would not be surprised if Clemson drops another game somewhere along the line, too. So we're talking about a two-loss Clemson. I think it's going to be tough for these guys to go undefeated the the way they look, to go undefeated the rest of the season. And even if they do, like I said, how weak the ACC looks, I I wouldn't put them in there right now. I know there's a lot that can go happen this season. I digress. Back to tonight's game. I'm All that to say, ACC is blah once again. Give me Ole Miss. Give me the minus Lane okay, Kiffin. Okay. Fighting Kiffins uh, in this football game. I think Matt Crowell goes off uh, night one. Man, I love this. It's September 6th. It's Labor Day, and Aaron Murray is already saying, you're out of the playoffs. Two SEC teams are in. We're looking to January 10th in Indianapolis College Football National Championship game. Forget about the regular season. Let's just go straight to the postseason. Why don't you just give it to Alabama, honestly? Oh, my. Okay. Just give it to Alabama. I mean, how stupid good do they look right now? It's it's just crazy. Almost as stupid good as our picks. One more time. I went 5-2. and Of course, I lost my uh, flip the field special. I picked Louisiana Lafayette plus the eight. You lost your lock, which was LSU. I should have picked Alabama. Three. I was going back and forth. With I know. Them. I knew Alabama would be in the lock. I want Texas though. Yeah. Texas pretty interesting. Good. I'll give him some props. I'm I'll happy, definitely man. give him some I props. Love, I like Sark a lot. I'm, I'm really happy for Sark. Um, they looked, they look good on defense, which is surprising. Yeah. And, and, and you know, what's funny is Oklahoma looked like crap on defense and we've been all praising Oklahoma all year that this team is going to be great offensively. We know that, but they're going to be really good on the defensive side, and they give up 35 points. So yeah, that was not a good look. And Tulane almost, Tulane almost got that fourth and 13 to have yeah. a chance to win the football game. They were like a yard short, which was unbelievable. A lot of action at noon on Saturday to kind of ste- uh, kick off this this steam start of a weekend. All right, so here are my show notes, and then we're going to break down the games. We just have to hit these news and notes real quick before we dive into the action. This is what I wrote down, and you already touched on one of them, which was ACC. I wrote down Brian Kelly, Quavo, ACC, and Bama versus Georgia because that's what everybody's already talking about. So let's start with the Brian Kelly quote. I mean, last night after the game, talking about we're just not executing. It's all about execution. And then he drops, maybe our entire team should be executed. Now, I guess that's an old quote from a coach. (laughs) He said that and like kind of chuckled at himself. I don't think the ESPN sideline reporter, uh, the, the the female who was on the field, really caught it in real time. But what an outrageous thing to say. I mean, I guess who cares? Obviously, he's not being serious. But the blue check mark brigade on Twitter is out this morning, and they are trying to kill Brian Kelly. Now, obviously, he does have a prior history with some insensitive actions when they sent that poor student up into the lift when it was windy 50 miles an hour. And unfortunately the, the kid lost his life. I mean, that is where, you know, the line has been drawn in the sand when Brian Kelly's chuckling, laughing about maybe our entire team needs to be executed, but uh, come on, like, like, come on. Yes. That is tragic. What happened in the past? Clearly this has nothing to do with that. Clearly Brian Kelly was not being serious when he said maybe our entire team should be executed. Again, a quote that he was referencing in the past, simply stating in the meal moment, we need to execute. It was a dramatic quote because I'm sure he's saying and thinking of his head, oh my goodness, the fans are probably going crazy right now saying, (laughs) 
They blew an 18 point lead. We're in overtime against Florida State and we're in a battle right now and we're a top 10 team. This shouldn't happen. So I think you just obviously being extremely dramatic and because I'm sure there's tons of fans at home saying this team sucks. These players suck. We need a new position here, 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 and here. So he's like, well, I'm sure everyone wants these guys to go away. So let's just you know, be done yeah. with them pretty yeah. much. So um, yeah, let's not go crazy here, but that is the world of Twitter. That is the world we live in. Unfortunately, yes. people take something and turn it into something completely wrong and just go off and off and off and on. And it's like, come on, let's just, let's take a step back. Let's not be the first ones to pull our phone out there and, and, and have the breaking news. Let's just take it for what it is and the yeah. way he said it and just calm the crap down. Yeah. That's so all I got. Notre say. Dame wins 41 38 in overtime. They were up 38 to 20 at one point. Can Mackenzie Milton be the starting quarterback for Florida State? Because I was shocked. Was... I was shocked at that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that was oh, unbelievable. He's... And Mackenzie Milton came in there and balled out. What a great story in week one. I mean, obviously, almost lost his leg. Like Alex Smith type injury a couple years ago at UCF, transferred to Florida State, gets a chance last night when the kid had to go out because of his helmet, right? And then he goes yeah, in there and kind of takes up, over. He was. I'm begging the whole game for Jordan Travis to get out of the game. He was, he's, he ain't the, he ain't it. That's for sure. If Florida State wants to win, they need Mackenzie Milton in there. No, you're right. And uh, Jack Cohn, a transfer from Wisconsin, starting quarterback at Notre Dame. I believe most passing yards ever for a debut quarterback at Notre Dame. So maybe they have something there. I kept getting texts late at night. Oh, you were all about Notre Dame. Like, yeah, Florida State still sucks. I think Notre Dame just might suck as well. That That's yeah. my takeaway from last night's game i'm not bought into florida state good and i don't think notre dame is that good either i think maybe we gave them a little bit too much credit we'll see what happens uh, throughout the year all right so georgia you, you, you gave them too much credit yeah i did i did georgia uh, gets a huge win 10 to 3 over number three ranked clemson and the future commissioner of college football quavo from migos just all over social media uh, in the locker room after the game, the boys are hyped. They're playing music. He's like in the middle of the scrum, just loving life, you know, ambassador to Georgia football. All right. I, I said this last week with the SWAC kickoff game at Truist Park, not Truist Park, uh, Center Park Stadium in Atlanta. I think it was Alcorn State versus, I forget, but Migos were out there. I was tweeting about it. I was like, the fat. With how much ESPN puts Quavo on TV, and, and with Herb Street being the talking head saying we need a commissioner of college football, I say this. I go, I think ESPN literally might try to make Quavo the commissioner of college football, even though a week ago he didn't even know what teams were playing while making an appearance on college game day. Um, you know, is this good for recruiting? Yes. So I, I thought to myself last night, Aaron, and I would love your feedback on this. This is my issue with the Quavo thing, okay? It's funny. I like to have fun with it. It's getting funnier because it just continues to be promoted up even more. I mean, this guy might have a damn headset on for the South Carolina game on the sideline with Kirby calling plays. Who knows, all right? This is my issue, all right? I said, compare this to Matthew McConaughey because Matthew McConaughey with Texas is almost the same thing, right? Yeah. A celebrity, <laughs> hey, all about the culture. Hey, I want to make you know everybody fired up. It's a great recruiting play. Here is the difference, Okay. Matthew McConaughey went to Texas, graduated from Texas at Austin. He's the minister of culture there. He does basketball. He does football. He's there. He's with the athletic department. If Texas sucked, which they have, and if Texas A&M were to go to the national championship game, you're not going to see McConaughey rooting for Texas A&M. You're not going to see McConaughey putting on that maroon and going hanging out with Jimbo Fisher. He is Texas through and through. This is where the difference is. If Georgia sucked 
and Georgia Tech were to be in the national championship game, if Georgia Tech were to have game day hosted and win against Clemson, guess who would be in that locker room and on the sideline? You bet your ass no, Quavo would be. No, Are you wouldn't. serious? No, oh, I Quavo, guarantee Quavo's you. from Athens. He I is from guarantee Athens. you. No, you don't wouldn't. think that I, that would be a great story for Migos and that he would drop the red and black in the blink no, of an I, I eye? Don't think so. I believe I, so. I don't, I don't I think it's – I think you made a great point when it comes to him compared to McConaughey. I do think there is a little bit more of – you know, he said he's graduated from here. He's part of, you know, certain boards. I think there's a little bit more dedication to the entire university, not just the football team for, for Matthew McConaughey. Um, but Quavo was a guy, he grew up in Athens. I think there is a love for UGA. I think there's a love for UGA football. He's a former football player, played quarterback there at Athens. No, he played at Burkmar. He's from Gwinnett County. I put, no, we don't, Peachtree Ridge, Burkmar. Athens though. He went to Burkmar High School. 100% he, he grew up in Athens. Well, if he grew up in Athens and now he's claiming the north side with Migos, that's a whole other thing we got to unpack. But he's we gotta, from the north side. We got to do some more. For we need to get him on the podcast. Educate me. If someone do some more, some digging and let me know the history, uh, his life story. I need to know. I need to see a, <laughs> well, a 30 for 30. <laughs> there just needs to be a 30 for 30 on how celebrities are now taking over college football. Yes. Um, I love I agree. It. Like, listen, I, I just would love, and I'm, I'll, I'll be a little bit of a, a a B word here. I just don't think if I would have called up Georgia football and said, Hey, can I come in the locker room and celebrate after the game? You get hype with the boys. Be like, they would say, hell man, no. It's still, still kind of COVID time now. You know, we <laughs> were trying to keep it just within the team. I would have gotten that excuse. I'm like, okay, that's great. Oh, you know, I got a hundred percent. If they I even picked every, up your every call. SEC record, but you know, let Quavo go in there during COVID <laughs> time and celebrate. It's oh, fine. I totally agree with you. And to my point about Georgia Tech, it, he would do the same thing with Georgia State, right? He would do the same thing. There is no doubt about it. He needs to come on the podcast. He needs to come on the podcast. We need to hash it out on the podcast. We should. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. We should. A couple Gwinnett County guys, right? That's where I'm from. That's what he claims. You know, let's do it. Come on, Quavo. Open invite. Oh, you touched on the ACC. Horrible weekend for them. We don't need to rehash that. Let's start talking about some football. The talking point was watching SEC Network this morning. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. 
And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Bama, Georgia, right? Same dragons, same giants, uh, looked dominant. There is a key difference between Alabama and Georgia, though. Georgia with a huge win, probably, you know, I would say probably the second most impressive win of the weekend. Alabama dismantling Miami. Miami should not have been a top 15 team. Derek King not ready, especially in that situation. No. Alabama's defense, unbelievable. Georgia's defense, unbelievable. Alabama's skill players, once again. They, they just have another gear, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, Georgia's not there from a health perspective, no. not their fault. They are not there from a health perspective. And when you watch the game Saturday afternoon and you're watching Alabama and Bryce Young continuing to throw to wide-ass open receivers under no pressure, you know, if there is any pressure, he gets outside the pocket, chucks it down 30 yards downfield. Nobody's within 15 yards of a running wide-open receiver. That that seems like fun to me. I was not a quarterback, but that Mm -hmm. would seem like a lot of fun. Those skill guys for Alabama – have the chance to take it 80 yards to the house at any point in the game. Georgia does not have that on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense, their front seven, which we gave a ton of love to last week, was dominant. Seven sacks. Clemson couldn't get anything going. So if they do end up playing each other, that's going to be the rub right there. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be waiting on the edge of your seat because Georgia's defense is so good. But at any point in the game, an Alabama skill player can take it 80 to the house and break the game open. Um, exciting starts. I think it was pretty expected if you're a Georgia or a Tide fan, but they are the cream of the crop in the SEC, and what a great weekend for those two teams. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Alabama, I think the biggest difference was Alabama and and their ability to run the football, and obviously Clemson's defense is a little bit better or a lot better than than Miami's defense. For sure. You really got to see – you know, Brian Robinson and and, and the offensive line for Alabama established the run, which – then allows you to throw the football. I mean, this is still, I know people we've seen these offenses really open up and be able to throw the ball vertically down the field, but what have the best offenses been able to do the past couple of years? Let's just go in the sec LSU had Clyde Edwards was still able to effectively run the football last year, Alabama, Najee Harris could still run the football. Oh my God. These offenses are going out there and throwing the ball 60, 70 times a game. There is an element of being able to run the football play action pass, get one-on-one coverage on the outside, and then take advantage of it. The issue with Georgia over the weekend is they couldn't really get the, gr- the ground game going at all. until Against a very court. good Clemson defense, as you just which, said. Which, is, which yes. would be expected. Yes. And if you watch the film, Clemson was able to play a lot of shell coverage too high. And as we all know, watching the Super Bowl last year, Kansas City versus the, the Bucs, if you can play shell defense, you can slow down the passing game. It is a bitch to throw against cover two over yeah. and over and yeah. over and over again. And that's all Clemson did. And that's for Georgia, the majority of the game too. That's all they did. I mean, Georgia was a little bit more exotic with their blitzes. They brought a little bit more pressure because they knew Clemson's offense line could not handle what they were doing, bringing those cross dogs from the linebacker. So a little bit more single high, but overall both teams won the play shell and say, listen, you can't run the ball against our front six or front seven. And then we're going to have support over the top where Miami, they couldn't stop the run. They had to play a little bit more man coverage. And those receivers for Alabama and tight ends are just too damn good. So Alabama, in my mind, 
they're they're the best team in the country. Duh. Georgia's probably the you know I would say Georgia's probably the second best right you now. You think they'll be ranked number two tomorrow morning? Uh, reminder: obviously ranked rankings haven't come out yet because they got one more game tonight. They'll be out tomorrow. Yeah, they should be based on the win versus Clemson and but Oklahoma I, and Ohio State. Ohio not State. not very convincing. No. But I think be. I think Alabama's won by oh, a, a oh my God, good yeah. bit right now, though. But it's, here's the it's thing: a big difference. I want to say this. I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, Miami, massively overrated. But but with saying that, uh, I think it's unfair to base Miami for the rest of the season against an Alabama team. They won't even yes. play a team half as good as Alabama for the rest of the season. Nope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's unfair to Miami to say. Oh, they're awful. Now they are overrated, but they are not awful the way they just got dismantled by Alabama. They're a top twenty-five team yeah. still. Alabama yeah. does not make mistakes. They don't get penalties. They don't rush with five seconds on the play clock left to get guys in and out. They're cool, calm, and collected. They've got people running wide open downfield. They know what to do, and you that's why Alabama Week One. You can never fade them. Why would you ever do that? No. Especially in a big spot like that. That is what they do. So. It's a big time opportunity uh, Drew, for Alabama. The, yeah, that? sticking on Alabama, that you talk about the, the little things they do well. I mean, how many times did we see over the weekend just a simple bubble screen? You know, to the back out of the backfield, or you're in a three by one set and you throw it to the number three receiver, and those two outside receivers have to block. How many times did we see guys getting blown up? Yep. In the backfield, even Georgia. Watch <laughs> Alabama execute a simple bubble screen yeah, and how determined those receivers are. I mean, you think receivers and they hate blocking. They just want to run routes. Those receivers for Alabama last year, the year before this year, they lock on to their DBs like no other. And that's, that's, that's coaching. The little thing. That's coaching. That is the little thing. That's yep. the coaching. That's the, I give a damn to block for my receiver Yep. on these screens. I know I'm not getting the ball. I know I'm here only to block. But it, it's it's and it goes back to the culture that Saban's built of of caring, of competing, of understanding. If I don't do this little thing right, my butt is on the bench, because we got another four or five star guy that wants to play and he'll go out there and block. So I better block. Um, you saw Waddle block and you've seen Menchie blocking. Like these guys that have won Heisman trophies and these guys that are you know first round picks. They are doing the little things right, and that is the culture, and that's what separates Alabama from everyone else. Now, you bring up uh, a fascinating point, bubble screens, the ability for the receivers on the outside to lock on and then execute, take it 80 to the house, take it 75 to the house, go from third and 10 to a 40-yard gain. Um, do you think that their success in those specific situations is due to the respect that they get by the defense? right? The defense has to respect the run. The safeties can't barrel down on these bubble screens and expect it as soon as the ball is snapped because anything could happen. And and so much has happened throughout the game where Alabama can make anything happen from a runner or pass perspective. Where I'm going with that is this. You mentioned Georgia, right? Georgia wasn't even attempting passes past the line of scrimmage in the third and fourth quarter. There was a bubble screen, like a swing screen, I think, to James Cook in the yeah, fourth the quarter. And, he got and the safety, up. I mean, as soon as the ball was snapped, safety did not even look at JT Daniels. He went 40-yard dash right to the flat and blew up the play. I mean, he wasn't even thinking about the threat of a deep ball. He wasn't even thinking about there being a run play or a threat of some sort of trickery because that's how the game was going. He's sitting there going, they're not even going to attempt a pass. And I think, too, you know, we said it last week, and I keep saying because we were spot on. 
But we said it last week. It was going to be the run game. It was going to be boring. It was going to be Georgia trusting the defense. And at halftime, Kirby goes to Holly Rowe and says, yeah, you know, we're just not getting a lot of explosive plays in the run game. Well, well, have you thought about the pass game? Right? I mean, like, like, that's not the only way you can get an explosive play on the ground. Like, you can air it out. You can get Burton, who I thought looked good. Kyrus Jackson, who has good rapport with JT Daniels. Brock Bowers, who had an unbelievable, uh, you know, debut as a, as a true freshman out of Napa, California. I just think there are different ways to get creative. Now, keep in mind, this was a heavyweight battle. Um, but a former co-host who's been on Punt and Pass before was texting me that about Hey, why not try to air it out? That just showed right there the mentality of the coaching trust. staff in Georgia to say we're going to go run game. Years, Drew. I've been saying it for two yeah. years, and people get and so you mad get at me because they want to play the quarterback. Yeah, they don't have they don't have the guys at receiver. <laughs> they don't. They they got a bunch of good receivers. They don't have anyone that if you're a defensive coordinator, you're like, damn, we got to double team him. Wow, we're scared of him. Wow, we got to watch out where they put him, whether it's in the inside or outside or in the backfield. They don't have it. They have a bunch of good receivers, and that's it. I think that I heard this. That are going to be sufficient against the SEC East this year because the SEC East is crap. Yep. But when they play a great defense, they are going to struggle because they don't have the threat of throwing the football right now. I heard this on the radio last week. I forget what station I was listening to. Uh, in the Kirby Smart era, Georgia has not had a wide receiver have over 50 catches or over 750 yards receiving in a season keep in mind gonna change this year i think george pickens had 49 catches and like 748 yards a couple of years ago but it's not going to change this year either and 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 how wouldn't you recruit to that wouldn't you recruit to go go to a five-star you know playmaker game breaker and go dude look you come here you are going to be the man right like you see how alabama does you see what Ole miss is doing you see what lsu did clemson even has those guys in the past like there is an opportunity there to say, yeah, but there's, there's, there's too many teams though. I know that you're saying there's an opportunity, but these other teams have proven that they're doing it at a high rate right now. Yeah. Georgia still isn't proven. Like if I'm a yeah. five-star receiver and Kirby's like, Oh, come on, we'll make you, you know, you'll be our guy and we're going to do this and this. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching the film Kirby. I don't see it, but I'm watching yeah. LSU. I'm watching yeah. Alabama. I'm watching Ole Miss. I'm watching Mississippi state and they are doing it. So do I want to go risk an opportunity of a, a what if possible situation? Because I just don't see you using that to win football games. Everyone else is right now. I know we, I know we were saying it. I know fans are hoping it and praying for it, but, and I'm not even blaming Munkin for this at all. You can't evolve if you don't have the playmakers. So it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg situation, because it's hard to really, you know, change your offense if your best players are running backs, but it's also hard to recruit receivers if you don't run those plays. So he, they're in a pickle right now. It, yeah. It's tough to get out of. Yeah. I mean, again, we can preface this with saying how good Clemson's defense is. Georgia's leading receiver was Brock Bowers, a true freshman tight end with 43 receiving yards. Zamir White did his thing, averaged 5.7 a carry, 13 carries, 74 yards total. Uh, shout out to you, Aaron, on your prize picks. You hit that. You said under DJU, 265 and a half passing yards. Uh, that was way under. He was 178. And you said under James Cook, 42 and a half rushing yards. He only had 19. So shout out to Aaron Murray on prize picks. But, um, you know, look, they didn't even score an offensive touchdown. <laughs> they missed the field goal. No, 36 no offensive field goal. touchdowns at all. No it's offensive touchdowns crazy. in the game. So shout out to Georgia's defense. 
uh, and yeah. big time win. Like, can you complain about beating a top three team? Hell no. But I think where you want to go, there's just a lot of room for improvement, which is what? That's exciting because it's they did one. just beat a top three team. It's, they it's did not score one. an offensive touchdown and they won the football game. So now you have a couple of weeks to find those playmakers, to let guys get that in-game experience. JT's only going to get more comfortable. The receivers are only going to continue to grow up, and you have a stable of running backs. And that defense, Aaron, it's disgusting. Jordan Davis is a monster. Adam Anderson is explosive. N'Kobe Dean looked awesome. I mean, what a great leader in the middle of the field. To me, that really jumped off the page for me. N'Kobe Dean... And all those cross dogs they brought from the linebacker position. Uh, Jalen Carter, number 88, coming in there. He was a stud, too. I mean, you uh, we could list everyone on the defense yeah. that played in that football yeah. game. I mean, because everyone, what was it? Was it seven sacks plus? Seven sacks. I mean, seven sacks. And a pick six. Pick six. Um, and, and made DJ play uh, look like an, an, an average to below average quarterback. Uh, as a broadcaster, DJ Uyunglele has to be the most annoying name to have to repeat throughout a broadcast. Um, that's just a, a, an observation I had over the weekend. But shout out to you, at Aaron Murray 11 on Instagram, put up a fantastic breakdown of Georgia's coverage twist, which confused DJU, and it led to that pick six, which, of course, changed the entire outcome of the game. So go check that out, at Aaron Murray 11 on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, exciting stuff, Aaron. What a game. And again, like, you know, I think it's a, it's a fantastic place to be in when you can sit there and literally complain while you've won. I mean, that's not yes. usually the case for Georgia fans uh, in general. But now it's time to make it happen because that slip-up game can't happen, right? You got to go undefeated <laughs> the rest of the season uh, and then you hopefully really match up. I mean, well, I mean, they, you just don't want to lose to Florida. Florida, Anthony Richardson is his name. Um, the quarterback who came in is going to give Emory Florida's Jones terrible. a run for his no- if money. If we lose to Florida, I'm going to be very disappointed. I think I honestly think our defense, based on well, first off, going to the the, the Florida situation, Kentucky is going to beat Florida this year. Okay, Kentucky is a better football team than Florida. What week is that? They usually play early in the season. Uh, let me pull it up right now. Uh, I'm not buying Kentucky I'm not second. buying the Kentucky hype yet. I'm October 2nd. Florida's offense was abysmal, awful, terrible, trash. Uh, oh, whatever other how do you, you really want. feel, Aaron Murray? I mean, it was so bad. I'm watching the film just like just shivering, saying this is this is piss poor stuff going on right now. Uh, Emory, I hate it because, you know, I, I was really excited for Emory. He's a guy that stuck it out, waited his turn. You'd love to see it. But. Just not good. Can't throw a football. No confidence there. Anthony Richardson, heck of a runner. Yeah, I mean, is he a running kid. back? I mean, he, he yeah, he's a running back. I mean, seven carries, get, 160 yards and a touchdown. And he's quarterback. FAU. You, yeah. You're telling me that he's going to be able to run like that against an SEC team now that there's no. film on him too? No. And he's not a passer either. So now all of a sudden, Florida is extremely one-dimensional. I know, oh, Dan Mullen – you know, has, has had mobile quarterbacks in the past, but all of his mobile quarterbacks could at least throw the football. Yeah. Tim Tebow could at least somewhat throw a football. Dak Prescott can throw the hell of a football. Yep. Emory can't throw a football. Anthony Richardson can't throw a football. They don't have a guy in that roster that can throw a football. <laughs> they have running backs playing quarterback right yeah. now. So yep. I have no confidence in the Gators at the moment at all. Um, so they, Georgia better not lose that in the, uh, if Georgia loses to Florida, it's because half the roster got hurt, in my opinion. Yeah, because well, that defense is going to 
annihilate the Florida offense if they look like they did versus FAU. Yeah, which you'd expect them to. Kentucky beat UL Monroe 45-10. to Will Levis in his debut 18-26 for 367 yards and four touchdowns. And again, it's just a totally different style of football from what you watched if you saw the Georgia Clemson game. I mean, Kentucky's spreading it out, airing it out. It's that new offense with the coordinator from the McVay school out in LA. He was with the Rams last year. I think he was the wide receivers coach. Uh, and LSU, man, I know your boy Max Johnson and you even gave him some love on social media as well, but UCLA, I mean, damn, I was really impressed by that. We know what UCLA, what it was a complete reverse. UCLA ran the living crap out of the football. They dominated the line of scrimmage. At one point they're playing 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends, one receiver, and just saying, we're going to play old school SEC football and we're going to pound it down your throat. And they did that. And LSU could not run the football. I'm texting Brad Johnson afterwards yesterday. I'm watching the film. I'm like, First off, your son is an absolute beast. The throws he was making that game, he's going to be the best quarterback in the SEC in the next two years. Wow. He's an absolute – go back, watch the coach. Oh, the I kid, saw it. Yeah. The kid's a stud. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't protect. They're in third and long situations. I mean, they looked more like a Pac-12 team than UCLA did. Yeah. UCLA yeah. dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides. LSU couldn't run it. Third and long situations over and over and over again – I mean, I feel bad for Max. I mean, having to throw the ball 46 times in that game, let's not forget it's his third start as a, as a collegiate uh, quarterback. I think the sky is super high. The ceiling super high for him. It's just he needs some help. He needs a running game. And the defense has to figure out how to slow some teams down. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, LSU 6 of 15 on third down. That that's just not gonna that's just not gonna win. And 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 to your point, when you get beat physically by a UCLA team, that's concerning. I don't know if Coach O is necessarily on the hot seat. I know he's pretty polarizing within the LSU fan base. There are some that absolutely love him and would never want to get rid of him. There are others that said he won because of Joe Burrow, Joe Brady. It was a you know quote unquote fluke year. Obviously not a fluke because it was one of the greatest teams of all time. But you you understand what I'm saying. So look, they're gonna have to write that ship because that SEC. West is stacked. There is no doubt about it. And you would think that certainly them having to evacuate Baton Rouge, be in Houston, Texas for a week, that played a part in maybe their lack of physicality on the West Coast in a, I wouldn't call it a hostile environment, but a different environment at the Rose Bowl. You know, shout out to Chip Kelly, hat tip to him. A big win for UCLA. Unfortunate for LSU, but on we go. And week two is coming up, Aaron. Any exciting games that you're seeing week two? How about Iowa, Iowa State? Watch out. That'll be a good top 25 matchup in the Big Ten. I know Oregon is taking on Ohio State. Uh, Georgia hosting UAB. So first time Sanford Stadium is going to be Oregon better step it up. And Oregon may be without their their star defensive end. Thibodeau, yeah. Yeah, he may be out. I think Ohio State's going to roll in that first one. Uh, I, Oregon looked pretty bad. Watch out, Florida going to South Florida. You never know in that football game. I know. Good point. You know, yeah. It, don't sleep on this one, too. You know, a lot of high expectations, even for me, heading this season for Texas A&M. And you want to talk about a quarterback situation that looked pretty bad? I told you. Haynes I Keith told did you. Not, did not look good at all in that football game. But I mean, it's first game. We'll see, but they're on the road against Colorado in Denver, in the Broncos stadium, in the Broncos stadium. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I mean, that's, I mean, week one was great. Another great game. Sorry. One more, um, Texas against Arkansas. Yeah. I, in Fayetteville. You know, I think, I think people were circling this as a trap game for Texas. 
based on what I saw week one, I think Texas wins this football game. Um, early six point favorite. I, I would take that right now. I just Arkansas, not a huge fan of what they're doing offensively right now. And Texas's defense looks pretty legit. I think Texas can roll in this one. Yeah. Stanford at USC as well. Stanford looked terrible over the weekend, but USC getting a big shutout win against San Jose state, which was really impressive. I know. To me. Uh, I, that was one of my picks to kind of watch out plus 15 and a half. And they did not of course cover that. They got blanked and USC is starting off the season. Right. What a great weekend, my man. I mean, huge weekend. It's going to be an awesome season. There is no doubt about it. The makings of some absolute classic matchups here over the next couple of weeks. And we, of course, will have you locked in right here on Punt and Pass. Excuse me, USC beat San Jose State 30-7. to I thought it was 30 to nothing. But, uh, Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? We'll be back in studio on Thursday. Looking forward to week two. Find a guest to get on. Uh, Jake Crane was on the pod last week. That was awesome to have him on. Um, and we'll get everybody ready to roll. But what a hot start for our picks. Had a bunch of people, saw and met a bunch of people up in Charlotte. Icon Source sponsored a tailgate at Sugar Creek Brewing in Charlotte with the guys from UGASports.com. Roddy, Dash, Patrick Garvin. I saw all those guys. Um, and it was just a lot of excitement, man. Great to see dog fans. The beer at Sugar Creek Brewing. Fantastic fantastic tasty beer so if you see them anywhere in the atlanta or charlotte area definitely check them out um but what a weekend i'm fired up anything on the way out brother no uh just prepping getting ready Where another you week and uh, excited for tonight i have rice at houston oh so nice. the battle of houston i love it battle uh, so of houston right Ole miss there. minus nine is that the play I like Ole Miss minus nine. Not gonna lie, I think okay. their offense shows up tonight. Big, big wave gets a big win for Lane Kiffin watching from his couch. All right, Aaron or Murray said it. A sort house. <laughs> Aaron Murray said it. Yes, he did. Quavo, holler at us. We need you on punt and pass. We need to. We need to settle this beef. Okay. Look, I'm a Gwinnett County guy. I'm a Northside guy. First off, right? I don't think Quavo has beef with you. I think you have beef with him. So. <laughs> that's that's probably more accurate, no doubt. Uh, hit us up tonight if you're watching football at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray Eleven. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Check out the merch page for Aaron. I'm Drew. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See you. Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest 
largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.